C3, Connecting Coaches Cognition, Coaching with Courtney and Christensen. As a busy coach, you spend all day refueling, revamping, and reflecting with educators. Now is the time to stop and recharge your batteries with some much-needed coaching for the coach. Welcome back to another episode of C3, Connecting Coaches Cognition. I'm Courtney Groskin, and I'm here with Violet Christensen. We hope that you've been enjoying this first season of C3. We understand it's been such an odd time, and we appreciate you continuing to listen. We hope we can remain a constant in your listening routine. Violet, how are things going? Things are going all right. We're just barreling through, and um, I this was an interesting week with um, everything being called for the rest of the year. It's been a little bit tricky. Um, just with helping educators just kind of grieve that loss and press forward, as well as um, my own personal feelings with that. And then also um, my, my oldest daughter is in pre-K and she's a little, um, she's a little devastated that it's over and her time with her teacher will not be the same anymore. Hmm. Yeah. She really loves her teacher. And um, so every morning she wakes up and goes, mommy, is it a meeting day? Is it a Mountain View day? And um, I have to say, yes, it's a meeting day, but no, it's not a Mountain View day. We're not going. Um, and so she just feels conflicted. She loves being at home and she's running around with her little sister and there are two peas in a pod princessing about at all points. But um, <laughs> she also really misses her friends and the routine. So um, that's been hard, but I had a really nice friend deliver donuts um, Miss Groskin here to my doorstep on the first day we didn't officially, we knew we weren't going to have school anymore. And I think that brightened her week. So thank you for that. Oh, no problem. Anything for Stella and giving her a little treat to make things a little easier. That sparkly donut, you know, take your mind off of it for 2.5 seconds. She had more than enough, um, more than enough distraction through donuts the other day. So we, we totally appreciate it. And you were so sweet. Tell me, how are things going for you um, with this news? Yeah, well, in Colorado, we are just put um, effective Monday as a safe at home order instead of stay at home. Um, so really, I'm thankful that we're continuing to work from home and have the ability to continue to social distance and, you know, make those decisions of how much risk, you know, we're going to put ourselves in. And, you know, trying to make sure I'm still doing that online grocery order and get my slot each week so I don't have to bring in the grocery store. Um, And really just sticking home and, you know, luckily we live in beautiful Colorado, get out and get some local walking trails in with my mask on and, you know, keeping that distance from other people. But overall, I'm just maintaining my sanity and really trying to help my teachers, you know, process through what our new normal truly looks like. They are truly lucky to have you guide them through this moment. And I know you've been working a lot, Courtney, as far as um, honing in your craft as far as being a coach at a distance. How do you feel like it's going? It's been definitely interesting. Um, there's not a textbook or a course, you know, we've taken on how to coach via video conferencing or over the telephone or even over text um, in some moments. So I'm really just going back to asking those mediative questions and trying to shift thinking, you know, through the questioning uh, because you really don't have that rapport necessarily going or, you know, the tone can come across even different over video and the phone. So really just trying to ask questions and be a good listener at this point. 
So through strategic listening, you're being a resource for them and just making sure to rely on your questioning more than your report at this moment due to our constraints. Exactly. What are your hunches about how you're being received or how this is going with your teachers? I mean, I try to be really timely in my response um, with teachers so I don't add to their stress. You know, I know they might have a parent and need, you know, answers immediately. So I try to get back to them as soon as I possibly can and really just being a constant for them and knowing that they can reach out and rely on me, um, I think is really important in a sea of change is to have those anchors and people that they can reach out to readily. So you really want to be timely and dependable for them in this moment. Yes. What comparisons can you make to coaching within the site to your online coaching and what are you drawing upon and pulling forward? I mean, we're used to teachers balancing a hundred things and running, you know, from coaching conversation to the restroom or, you know, grabbing lunch. And now, you know, you're coaching people and they have kids, you know, crying in the middle of it and need to step away or, you know, a spouse needs them immediately. So it's really, I try to get straight to the point and keep it quick and simple and meet their needs in the moment that we have together, because I I can't predict how much time I'm going to have on a call with a teacher. So you're really relying on your flexibility and succinctness in this moment. Yeah, I told someone today I'm as flexible as a rubber band in this moment. <laughs> you you are flexible as a rubber band in this moment. How what do you want to continue to be mindful of as we press forward into our second month of online coaching and as we're really thinking about moving forward in next year and refining our craft in this, what do you want to remain mindful of as we press forward? Really want to be mindful of keeping people in the moment. Um there's so many things that are changing on a day-to-day basis and you know, thinking about the next school year, we don't even know what the regulations are going to be. So really keeping people in what is happening this week, where is my forward thinking maybe into the next week, but how can I best support students and families in this moment? So coming back to that and really just going back to that listening piece and trying to really um, let teachers know that they're heard. So being present in that moment and just your deep listening is what is going to pull you through this time and you're going to keep as your core value. Yeah. And not get caught up in all of the unknowns. There's too many things like, what do we know right now? What can we fix right now? And what can we work on versus like, what, what's school going to look like in August? I can't even, you know, begin to go down that road and put the energy there. So really just trying to stay in the moment. So having that laser-like focus on the brass tacks of what we know. Mm -hmm. How might you ensure that you maintain your focus with this and also help your educators to maintain their focus with this? I really, you know, keeping my maps at the forefront of my mind or those key coaching questions uh, on sticky notes next to my computer really helps me um, to remember to be a coach and not be a problem solver because it's so quickly you know, can happen where you just want to tell them what they should be doing or what you think they should be doing. And really our job is to coach them through it. So having that reminder of, you know, having my computer be a coach and not a problem solver. So that visual reminder is really powerful for you. Yeah. How has this conversation helped you or supported your thinking? It really just, you know, helps root myself in, I need to stick to being the coach that I am. I've worked so hard this year 
on refining my coaching practice. And just because we're doing it at a distance now, that shouldn't negate what my job is. That's huge that you're able to stay with the identity of the coach as you're trying to navigate a whole different ecosystem. Yeah. It's been an interesting challenge. Coach first, believe in others, right? Exactly. Today, we have Joe Cappadonia, Director of Middle School Instruction and Title III Programs at Forsyth County Schools. One of the positive things to come out of COVID for educators is an amazing educator PLC that meets virtually every two weeks. We had the pleasure of joining Joe, Jim Knight, Joanne Killian, and many more notable educators during the evening PLC. We'd like to welcome Joe to C3. Joe, welcome to C3. We're so excited to have you here today. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you? Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. We are excited to have you. We're doing pretty good here. Hold up in our makeshift studios. Awesome. So we want to learn a little more about you. And can you tell us about your educational background and a little bit about the road that led you to instructional coaching? Yeah, absolutely. So this is year 20 for me in education. So um, I actually, um, I'm an educator's child. So my dad was a teacher and college professor for 56 years in Western New York. So it just kind of was a natural path um, for me. Um, I started back, gosh, way back when in, I think, 2000. So, yeah, this is year 20. But I started out as a um, health and PE teacher. I played sports, kind of went that route, um, started to dab into administration, school administration for a while, um, leadership roles. And then I was actually teaching a PE class one day with my colleague, and she just looked at me and said, you'll be a great principal. And so that kind of sparked me to continue to get more education. And so I got my education master's degree a while ago and just kind of you know, did the normal chain AP to principal. Um, I've been principal at um, several level, levels before. I'm um, filled in for some things as needed in the district. And so, and then um, I got into coaching. Um, I was in Virginia and then a former superintendent I worked with, she was in Georgia. Um, and she actually called me and said, hey, Joe, I got this job um, overseeing instructional coaches. Uh, you're the person for it. I want you. And so I looked at my wife and I said, so you ready to move to Georgia? And she looked at me like I had four heads. Because um, we don't have any family here. Yeah. Um, so, of course, I interviewed. Um, and so in that district, my role was we were called academic coach coordinators. So I was title one funded. So I oversaw there's four of us. I oversaw um, a whole region of instructional coaches, K-12. And then our first task was to come up with a um, what instructional coaching style or program or philosophy are we going to take on as a district? So we aligned with Jim Knight's work. Um, had um, Michelle Harrison. Um, she came and trained the group and just kind of started that relationship. And as I was coaching, um, just kind of went through and just kind of fell in love with it. You know, it's kind of always put me back in my athletic coaching role because it kind of is like athletic coaching to some degree. Yeah. Um, there's some aspects in there. So that's kind of, and, and now I'm in a district where I'm director of middle schools um, in Title Three ESOL here in North Georgia. So you come with a wide range of different experiences, which I'm sure help you to do. Oh your job. yeah, I, yeah. I, it's funny. I tell folks that I think I've done everything, principal, administrator, and some of those are obviously sad things that you have to deal with. Except deliver a baby. That's about the only thing I haven't done as a principal or administrator. So, um, last one to add to the list. I know it's like when, uh, I don't want to add it to the list, but it's like when people say what your experiences have been. It's like, gosh, you know. Uh, over time, you just you get your hands in all the pots for sure. Totally. 
I know you just recently launched the Educator PLC. Can you tell us how you came up with that concept? Yeah, so the, back when this all kind of started seven, gosh, now seven weeks ago, I think it was, um, everybody was kind of scrambling to figure out what to do as a teacher and educator and as coaches. Like, how do we handle this? What do we do? And then all of a sudden, the drastic stop of social interaction amongst each other as colleagues. And so I just, one night I just put on, I just thought, you know what, how about just getting people together across the country and share what we're doing and how things are going for people and just to interact with people, just to fill that void of social interaction. So I actually, you know, having that connection with Jim, I of course, you know, tagged him in it. And then I had met Kathy Parrott. Um, I got to present at Jim's TLC conference last um, October. I presented the coaching tool there. Um, and so I tagged her in it. And then all of a the next day I woke up and had like 80 notifications on Twitter, which I've never had in my life. And so um, the first one, we had 91 people um, on and it went great and people were sharing and it just, everybody wanted to continue. So, you know, next Monday night, we're going to have our fourth one. There's 111 people registered right now. So, and growing. Um, so that's just kind of, just kind of where it came from. How yeah, my first name of it was uh, Coach's Corona PLC, but I um, quickly punted from that name and kind of moved a different direction because I didn't want to, you know, I just wanted to be respectful for the situation. It's amazing how you had that just spark of an idea and you just put it out there and it turned into a force fire to see right? how many yeah, like the po- brought yeah. together. Yeah, like the power of social media, you know, it's unbelievable when you really think of it. Absolutely. And also just the power of you being dedicated to that connection between coaches, since it can be so isolating. And then we're in an even more isolating situation and circumstance that you're really being that lighthouse for others to pull them in and to be able to have a a source of energy as a coach. Yeah. Yeah. And we all need support, you know, across the countries, you know, I mean, like you said, coaches are on an island and you're even more on an island in this environment for sure. How beautiful it is that you put that together. And I want to hear more and drill down as to what are you seeing as some of the the biggest challenges that educators are facing right now and how they're coping with distance learning? What are you hearing from this group and from your own experience? Um, own experience in our current district, I think at this stage in week seven um, of it, I think is keeping students engaged and really coming up with creative ideas to make the learning fun for kids um, is a struggle right now. And I think people are just kind of they see the end of the light of the school year, right? In a few weeks here in Georgia for us. And so it's like, how do we continue that engagement the last three weeks and keep up the energy level when we're all going through our own situations? Um, I think that's pretty consistent across the country. I know some districts have maybe already kind of had a stop date, which was short of the end of the year because of the restrictions waived on, a, on the time element for the year. Um, but I think really getting, you know, the kids that were engaged at the beginning and really into it are now maybe dropping off for whatever reason, just wanting that connection with kids that we had in the classroom setting, I think is a big challenge. Yeah, we're um, definitely trying to fight that challenge and uh, get kids, keep kids engaged. Um, I'm working with a principal who is going to do a live stream of her being slimed if we can uh, maintain our engagement yeah, right. <laughs> right through the end. Yeah. Yeah. I know there's been a ton of resources kind of thrown at educators from every direction. What are some of the best resources that you've seen to help support educators during this time? I think for us, when we just go to back to the basics of like reading, writing, math, I mean, if you just go back to old school, 
Um, we use Lexia here in our district. That's been beneficial. There's also a program called American Reading Company for elementary kids that really helps close gaps for reading. Um, math that we use Dreambox. But overall, I just think really the resources or whatever district have different priorities and flexibility with resources. I think whatever works for you, but those are the ones off the top of my head. Um, in our group, I think the resources shared a couple of weeks ago by um, Julie Stern and some other folks are really just breaking down how to really get to the conceptual understanding and just really drilling deep and deep learning, but also making it fun. Um, you know, go back to, you know, relationships before a rigor, but you also have to have that balance, you know, of knowing the kids. And, and I think to make it more fun, you have to get deeper with the content and come up with more creative ideas. Um, so that's, you know, what I see out there is being really uh, effective at this point. So you're, you're really looking at that flexibility, but consistency to our basics and really right. uh, core of that educator to know their children and know what's going to be best to keep them engaged over this long haul. Yeah. yeah, we have Friday forums here in our district with our content specialists just meet with teachers. And so I get on and listen, obviously, with my my level. And this morning they were talking about, you know, percentage of kids going face to face the minute they say they're playing a game. They get high, it's higher engagement, right? Of course, kids want to play games or do scavenger hunts or whatever they're trying to do. So they're really trying to be creative and they're getting that higher participation. But it takes more work, plus whatever family situation you got going on at home, right? So it's kind of finding that, striking that balance. The fun and the learning all wrapped in one while we're trying to balance um, many different constraints. And that kind of leads us to our next question. And you and I were discussing before getting on um, our children yeah. and how we're trying to find balance within our families. How are you personally finding balance in these unprecedented times? And then what do you like to do for self-care to recharge those batteries? Because we know you can't pour from an empty cup. You got you to gotta recharge somehow. Yeah, I think um, I'm pretty organized. So staying organized um, in the office, I would have like daily to-do lists and just to stay organized. But now I kind of shorten those a little bit and always, you know, just kind of try and stay in my morning routine that I had when I went to the office, you know, getting up early. Kind of looking at my calendar, just getting your thoughts organized for the day, I think has kept me grounded. Um, I think that's really critical. Um, also, um, we're building a house, so we get to take a field trip every day to the house, or we do, we choose to, um, just to get out and kind of unplug. Um, I've gone on so many more walks than I ever thought I'd ever go on in my life. Um, I walk to get the mail, which is maybe kind of sound old school, but it's, I guess, just something we, you know, just to get that fresh air. Um, a lot more one-on-one or two-on-one time with my kids than I had before and just kind of making memories. And, you know, we bought a bunch of old school board games, you know, a month ago, you know, bringing back Clue and, you know, just kind of those things you go back to your roots at our, you know, age group, I think is, you know, whatever you can unplug with, but I just think really stepping back and what are your priorities and what's most important to you, you know, finding that balance of, you know, your hobbies you used to have and maybe how do you scale that back? I also coach an 11U baseball team, so I stay connected with kids um, and teaching them because that's obviously my passion. So um, two nights a week, we get on Zoom and do fun things and stay connected. We're hopefully in a couple of weeks getting back to some type of practice or games because so, I think everybody's chomping at the bit. So that's also that helps me unplug. They don't know, but it helps me more than they think it does. Um, you know, we have a bunch of different games we do like tonight, we're going to do some flip cup and some other things and 
you know, some creative things you can find online. So that helps me too. So that's kind of what. Well, it sounds like you're certainly keeping busy um, between all the Oh, yeah. Yeah. And the educators PLC, that helps me. I struggle going to bed after those because I have so much, you know, all the amazing ideas people. I'm like, I'm so excited and energized and want to look. And it takes me a few hours to fall asleep after those. It sounds like you really pull from all of your energy sources in order to find balance. You're pulling and making those memories with your family and making sure that when you look back on this time, you might kind of, right. miss, you might miss those walks and yeah. the mailbox and the gate playing of clue. And also yeah. that time with your baseball players, the time with your colleagues. So you're really trying to pull energy from yeah. all of your sources. And also trying to, you know, make sure that, you know, my wife has her own time and I have my own time just a little bit to suck, you know, just kind of take a break. Cause again, the stress level can get high. And when you can't do the things you normally do, just really respecting that time and saying, Hey, I need to unplug for 30 minutes or an hour. I need to just go for a walk by myself or whatever you can do to make it creative, I think is also important. Yeah, definitely. That self-care of taking time for you is really important. What advice would you give to educators now that they're starting to hear the definitive answer on school closing for the rest of this school year? I think now more than ever, um, kids need us um, as educators to really not, you know, they know we care, but I think um, in leadership and teachers, those that are exceptional go above and beyond. They continue to go above and beyond for kids and really exhaust every avenue to stay connected um, to the kids, I think is important because while we may know our kids at school and a little bit at home, we may not know. This is day to, this is changing day to day for families. I mean, you guys know that. So, you know, one day, one family may be great and have their jobs and all of a sudden the next day that one job is gone and the stress that brings to the family. Um, so I think just really, um, just kind of really digging deep into your kids and just pouring into them, like, you know, sending notes home, like a written note, like bringing back old school. Like my son just got a note from his teacher the other day and you would have thought he got the coolest birthday present ever. And it was a handwritten note from his teacher. You know, so those are the things that I think we can do um, and just continue to make learning fun. You know, I, I go back to the Brad Johnson put something out weeks ago on Twitter and Two of them were, you know, grace before grades and relationships, not rigor. Um, and, and so I really think about giving more grace. And we hear a lot about hope and joy and just just make it fun and just enjoy the moments with the kids that you have the rest of the school year. And obviously find those ways for end of school year things virtually still to happen. Maybe later on in the summer face to face to get your closure as an educator and um, just really kind of step back and be thankful for what you get to do every day. That is wonderful advice. It's it's just so huge to focus on that positive side and being able to be that yeah. for others. It's just so easy to get down in the dumps um, really quickly. I think now more than when you're doing your when it was normal day to day, because there's less to do and more time to just kind of mentally get in your own headspace. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I think it's really important. Having that own framing of positivity, however people need to do that for themselves, is so huge. And I see you as such a light for your educators. I can feel that. I see that through the educator PLC and the energy you bring to that. As you're looking ahead to next year, to 2020, 2021, like many times when I've been thinking 2021 at this point, but because of the expanse of this, we are. How are you preparing yourself and your educators to keep that light going? Um, myself, personally you know, in, in transitioning a fifth grader to middle school, um, which he's super nervous about. I just think, you know, engaging the school and all the options they're offering 
to help support that transition. Um, my kindergartner, we're trying to get her to go to the school she's districted for, which is right in our new neighborhood, so we could walk. Um, but that's a struggle right now. She wants to stay with her friends at our current school. So that, you know, we're, we're trying to figure that out. Um, as a district, we're already, um, we have a, our superintendent has tasked um, his cabinet plus us as level directors. We met a couple weeks ago um, to meet with principals and get their feedback by each school. So around several kind of hot button topics right now, you know, what would a flexible schedule look like? Um, what would a school calendar look like? Um, you know, all different types of variables. What does transportation look like? What if, um, what if parents don't want their kid to come back? Do we have a hybrid model? You know, all those things about um, priority standards, you know, closing the gap for kids. What do we do for that? You know, what do we do for cafeteria? All those logistical things day to day, we're breaking them down right now and getting feedback um, as we start looking forward to making, um, we'll probably have to make option A, B, C, and probably D. Um, unless, um, you know, the governor or whoever comes out and says, this is what you have to do to start the year, obviously looking at school calendar options too. So we're already kind of behind the scenes meeting. And I think as every day gets closer, you see more and more articles coming out through social media from different states. And I just saw a couple minutes ago before hopping on here, you know, Pennsylvania governor came out and said, or Lieutenant governor for education, um, said something about schools probably not opening back up there in the fall, you know, face to face. So it's ramping up, um, but I think, you know, we need to prepare and, and be proactive, which I think, which is what every school district is doing right now. Yeah, there's no longer just a plan A. <laughs> um, I think no, really... there's about 800 plans, right? Holy cow. Yeah, A to Z. I know that Educator PLC kind of grew out of need uh, for human connection during this time, but how do you envision it moving forward? Um, I think through the rest of the year, just keep going with it as far as their need and people, you know, getting people's feedback and saying if they want to continue and they, the resources are useful, don't stop. Um, I think here in a few weeks, I'll think about summer and what summer options may look like. Um, beyond that, I didn't think it would grow this fast, this quick, to be honest with you guys. So, And I'm a I'm type A personality, so I'm a planner. Um, so I'm just going to probably at the end of the school year, once I get a break um, from day-to-day -day stuff at, at work, think about what it'll look like moving forward, but continuing it in some capacity, whatever that is. Um, you know, I know a lot of conferences are going virtual or having virtual options. Versus, so I thought about you know, how do we keep this going with, with school districts um, across the country? And who knows? I'm always, you know, wherever it goes, it'll go, but obviously just getting feedback and just getting ideas to continue. Because I think it's great, you know, we all know everything's great work that we're all sharing all the time. And, um, if it, you know, if it's working for people and changing, impacting students, why not continue it? Yeah, we really appreciate just, being a part of it. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I've had so many takeaways from being able to listen in and just get to know so many amazing coaches through that. And what a beautiful, impactful connection point to come out of some such a difficult time. Right. Like, yeah, it's definitely it's very interesting. Yeah. Interesting to see what people are doing in other states or either other parts of the world, too. So and just thankful for what, you know, I look back and thankful for what our district is doing versus what others may not have the capability to do. Oh, so, and challenges Absolutely. are different. Yeah. So it's just nice to all be in it and we're better together and connecting coaches yeah. is something that we strive to with C3 in this podcast. What you're doing with your educator PLC, I think. There any way that we can make people feel more connected and more um, empowered to move forward is 
hugely impactful, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, Joe, we are now at my, sometimes my favorite part of the podcast. I love our rapid fire questions where we get to kind of synthesize. And if you can answer for me in roughly 30 okay. seconds or less, um, okay. our first rapid fire is what is your tagline or your bumper sticker for coaching? I would say hashtag got time. Ooh, yeah. Because thinking about just all the coaches I worked with and still work with is time is just the huge element in all that you do as a coach and balancing your time. So that would be the first thing I would think of. I love that. And how you have to be so present in the time as well. It kind of hits on multi-levels. Oh yeah, absolutely. All right. Our second rapid fire question for you is what is your secret coaching superpower or your go-to move? I use a little bit, I don't know if it's reverse psychology or whatever you want to call it, but I think just empowering teachers first when I was a coach and getting their feedback. And instead of coming in and just kind of giving them all the list of things you saw or things they need to work on, letting them give you feedback first of what they need to work on, I think is critical to help them grow because then that opens that relationship to more things to work on. And you may be able to push them a little farther as a teacher to get more results for kids than you would if you just came in and said, I saw your lesson. Here are the seven things I think you need to work on. You know, it just kind of puts people off. But if you, once you watch a lesson, you say, how do you think it went? And where did you do well? And where do you think you need to grow? I think that kind of helps balance it and feels like their voice is heard and you're in it together. So as long as you're having that um, relationship and cooperating and all in the same goal, I think that's definitely something I really have seen change practice in teachers versus the opposite approach. Well, I think you are absolutely right. If we can really just focus on those core values, then we're going to be able to go so much further. And starting with letting them give you some reflective feedback is so powerful. Absolutely. We are just so lucky to have you here and we know we have um, abducted your afternoon. Oh, you're good. We just wanted to say thank you so much. Oh, thank you guys for the invite. It was awesome. And everybody go on to Twitter and check out hashtag educators PLC. If you'd like to join us and learn more from Joe and hear from other amazing instructional coaches, we are just so grateful for you creating that resource for all of us. Awesome. Thank you so much guys for your time. Appreciate it. Have a great day. Thanks. You too. Thank you for sharing. The educator PLC is one of the amazing examples of what has grown out of this crisis. We want to thank Joe for joining us today on C3. Now, more than ever, it's so important to stay connected with educators. How will you connect this week? Are there distance learning opportunities that you can participate in to grow as an educator? Tweet us at C3 and let us know what you're doing to stay connected. Thanks for listening. C3, connecting, coaches, cognition. Whose thinking will you mediate today?